<laughs> Is that what I thought it was? <laughs> I, I thought I kept saying the same thing over again, so I wrote down different things to say. That was just mixed in line. Can you can you make sure you keep that in? That's got to keep be kept That's so natural. That is unbelievable. That is such a you have caught us all off guard. That is so good. <laughs> Guys, shh, the dose have started. A bit of professionalism, please. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of It's the Vinyl Countdown, the podcast that sifts through your favourite band's catalogue like an old-time miner sifting in a creek for gold, cursing and moaning as we extract the rocks and crud, but only to yell, Eureka, as we stumble upon musical gold. Let's fill our hessian sacks with bump, 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 pow. Oh, yeah, we're doing this again, are we? Righto, go on. It's, uh, it's not the worst, but um, sort of fizzled out towards the end there. Did I hear a loon? Anyway, well, as we wind on down the road of this week's It's the Vinyl Countdown, the rules and regulations are simple. One, vinylist chooses band. Two, the rest of the members all vote their top ten songs from that band. Three, I hit the books and do some beautiful mind-like tabulation, and if you listen very hard... You'll hear our master count, which we call It's the Vinyl Countdown. Uh, so welcome back to the Vinyl Countdown. Uh, I'm uh, the real Jim Clady, and we've got some vinylists here for you uh, on tap. And where should I start today? I think I'll start with uh, Danny. Yellow. Um, veteran vinylist now. Uh, coming on for his third show. That's uh, people, people stopping you in the street to uh, extract your musical wisdom. Mm. Well, yeah, they have been, and I'm already sick of it. <laughs> to be honest, um, I thought I'd enjoy fame. I thought I'd like I'd, I'd lap it up and and just yeah, and move on. I've lost my patience already. <laughs> now, how's the excitement level for this week, Danny? We did uh, the strokes. I know you were up. Still up mm. or? Yeah, I am actually. No, I am. I, I'm surprisingly up. I uh, I can't say that I've been. I, I can't say that I, I've ever been the 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 biggest <laughs> fan. But like, oh, uh, I, I, honestly, I'm a fan. You dropped the band. Obviously. Yeah, just you're giving to, the band, to you're giving the band away, Danny. Oh yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can edit that shit. Keeping me on my edit, editing toes. <laughs> Yeah, just beat me out as if I'm swearing. And Danny, yeah, don't, don't be don't be weird. Say hello to Smarty. Hello, Smarty. Welcome back, Hi, Smarty. Hi guys, I'm back from rehab. <laughs> back from rehab. And uh, Smarty, sponsor has joined us today. <laughs> no, no, no. My sponsor today is. Is this where I say what my sponsor of let's, uh, the day let's, is? Let's get this underway. 
So Marty. fresh out of rehab and back on the uh, delicious wines from <laughs> Squire's Winery, which is a small little winery that is uh, perched up on the Murray Valley Highway between Bundalong and Rutherglen. And it's got special importance to me because uh, my good friend and famous northeast uh, artist, painter extraordinaire Lisa Bishop, has done the labels for this wine. So uh, I'm supporting her. So this is, good. even though I'm out of rehab, I am supporting my friend. It's not about the wine. <laughs> That's, that is a decent plug. That's a decent Isn't plug. Isn't it? Right? it is. yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're, well. they're great. Mm. Yep. Very nice, Lisa. So, um, Danny, how are you going? You, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back on it this week. Have one on this weekend? <laughs> you, you're, you're okay? Well, I was saying to, to Nikki earlier that uh, I was going to struggle, but I've, I've gotten back on it. I, I'm not going to give anywhere near a good a plug as that, but um, mine's actually called, uh, it's by Boy Meets Girl. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. And it How is. romantic. That's it. Yeah. That's what happens it's after a point. Yeah, it, it usually <laughs> does, yeah. Whereabouts are we talking from? From central Victoria, which is uh, quite. In the middle? Central. <laughs> But it's nice. <laughs> It'll do. Yeah. Um, I've gone with the old fat unicorn, uh, which is did. a Pinot Noir course out of uh, South Australia. Nice. Yeah. It's a funny looking unicorn. It's got a rhinoceros on the front. But uh, anyway, <laughs> obviously can't draw like Lisa Bishop can. That is not a unicorn. Um, <laughs> it's an interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> how has the podcast treated you? You mean how have I... Uh, how has it been received? You, you, the fame? You, fans knocking down your door? Yes, still. I mean, that was happening before the podcast and it's <laughs> just continued, which um, I'm, I'm really grateful for this lockdown that we're in to, to get a break and uh, just get back to the quiet times before both, <laughs> both podcasts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, um, so have you guys been out to any gigs? And then I realised how insensitive a question that, oh, you have, Smarty? I I have, I have. Mm. Um, I mean, lockdown only started, oh, when was it? I don't even know. We're a week or so in. Um, So, yeah, May was was really lucky to get lots of gigs in. Um, So I'll name the three that I saw. They were all in quick succession. Um, Saw Emma Donovan and the Putbacks. Uh, she's amazing, has a huge voice. She is fantastic um, and amazing life. So saw her at the corner or saw them all together at the corner um, hotel and just so good. Can't get enough of her at the moment. Um, and then, I miss the corner hotel. Far out. Oh, it's so good. I mean, yeah. I was so close. You're just standing there and you can just you see them like they're, they're there. Um so that was really good. And then back to the corner again to see the Pierce brothers. Yes, Jamie. Related to Casey? Apparently, yes. Um, I didn't realise, but I think they are related. Um, and so Casey Donovan's got a huge voice and, and great um, um, song, uh, singer. So Emma's incredible. Um, and apparently their family, the Donovan family, are quite well-known like they're an Indigenous family that are really well-known with singing and music that goes back a couple of, um, you know, her mum and her grandmother. And and then, yeah, saw the Pierce Brothers and I knew nothing of them 
never heard of them, went with a friend and was blown away, blown away by how good they were live. Look, they're two, they're twin brothers. Um, I think they're from up on the coast, east coast somewhere, and they play everything. They play guitar, drums, didgeridoo, anything and everything. And, you know, a lot of the, the night of that gig, the brother would be playing guitar, or one, you know, one of the brothers playing guitar, and the other one would have drumsticks, and he'd be playing the drums on the side of the brother's guitar. He'd jump off the stage and he'd be playing the drums on the pillars that are in the corner, sort of, you know, in all the spots where they shouldn't be, but they are. And just like the energy was amazing. And then um, at the end, they got all of the crowd to get in together for a big group photo. They were so mm. excited to be back playing music again. It was amazing. It was really? amazing. <laughs> um, and then to Augie March um, on the night of lockdown when they snuck a show in before um, we got the cut. So it's been really busy. It's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, well done, Smarty. Yeah. Uh, doing a lot more than I am. i give you the tip. Um, right. Now, um, last week's show, I have uh, some uh, a bit of a review. Uh, well, the reviews have been very good uh, for Jordan Lovett, who came in and did the show. So much to the point that um, he, he's asked for a contract. He, he wants he wants to come back. <laughs> he, he loved it. Um, we said we we need a player, and he said put me in, coach. So um, <laughs> we will be having Geordie back later in the year, which is nice. Um, he bet. right. So before we get onto our band, just um, he does because I love the nostalgia. I always love the nostalgia. I wanted to have a chat about something that was dear to our heart as uh, as children uh, slash early teens. I want to talk about the Smash Hits magazine. Um, Danny, you, do, you, you guys both remember it? Yeah. Only after you said it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I honestly, um, yeah, have totally forgotten about that. Purchases of the magazine? As in, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think essentially it evolved in, into, like, the Rolling Stone. I remember, I remember pretty much religiously collecting my Rolling Stone magazines. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally forgot about Smash Hits, yeah. It was That's a crazy. staple. Did it even have a competitor? I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember if it had something that went up against it, but I can't remember whether there was. If there was, uh, yeah, I don't think it was anywhere near as popular as Smash Hits. Okay. Uh, how, how good is your memory? Can you take me through it? Like, it was a table of contents, I remember. Then was it just articles basically for a few pages and then till you got to the middle? I remember there was always a poster. Yeah. Yes. In the middle. That um, was what I that, bought it for was the posters. Yeah, and even if you didn't have yeah. a band on the poster, it still went up. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I remember having a – the band was called the Venetians and I had a poster of them on my wall and that came out of Smash This magazine. I've still got no idea who they are to this day. Yeah, what, what, what was their name? Though? The Venetians. Well, no. Okay. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> and the most important thing to me about the Smash Hits magazine was the charts at the back. Mm. Mm. And yep. you had your chart, how many how many weeks have been in, how the positions mm. have gone up to uh, and whatnot. And that was just very important. Then you'd measure it against the last Smash Hits that you had. Yeah. That would dictate also what you would expect to see either on Rage that weekend or on... Um, mm. Is it Barry Bissell's Take 40 Australia on Sunday night or whatever it was called? Yeah. <laughs> so you would be at the ready with your tape 
that was probably not yours, but you'd like put the dub, you know, the tape over the bit so you could record over the top of whatever that tape was, and you'd mm. be at the ready, knowing roughly that that song was going to be like, you know, you had you knew your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. I remember, I remember, like, um, vaguely remember feeling shocked, you know, when stuff didn't, you know, like when me, one of my songs either dropped out of the top ten or something like that when I was checking those charts. Those were the days Just where like you were the actually countdown now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, no, I get more angrier these days. <laughs> it was usually not a great band that, that featured on the front or on the poster. It was like a, your, well, your Bross or your Indecent Obsession or hmm. your Mel and Kim. It, it would have interviews that they would have, but would have been done with other people and, and they'd publish them. But, but hmm. you know, I used to read them. It would be sort of late primary school, early high school that I was getting them and reading it and being amazed because there was nothing else to compete. Like we didn't have internet, you mm. know, there was no other way of fact-checking or finding out what was going on. That was your source of information. Yeah. That was and it. So Rob, like, it was you said, like you said, Danny, Rolling Stone was a little bit advanced. Right? Yeah. More you know, of a mature. Little, yeah. Yeah. You sort of grew into that around. <laughs> I was immature. You <laughs> <laughs> no, well, like, uh, I mean, the Rolling Stone magazine, like, had, well, I don't even remember it having, having charts, but it definitely didn't do posters or anything like that. It was just purely about the articles. Yeah. And, and then, and then you know, Rolling, I mean, I wouldn't even know if, I mean, I'm assuming it's still uh, do a, a physical copy these days, but, like, you know, they started going into proper, like, you know, politics and, and world issues as well as music. Um, and that's where it sort of lost me a bit. I, I'd, I'd rather it just be about the music and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed them at, um, dare I say, at airports, which, yeah, yeah, like that would be when I would notice that they were still there and potentially get something like that. But it's been a long time. And then as for Smash Hits, I don't know how long it went for until it was, I presume it doesn't run anymore. I actually don't know. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say no. I reckon the thing that would have knocked Smash Hits and, and um, magazines like that off its perch would have been um, Channel V and, and mm. you know, things like that, that, that sort of media for the music, I reckon. Well, you don't yeah. see your, cha- your Smash Hits CD. Well, you don't, I don't, don't see many CDs around at all. Much mm. like that. Um, there used to be a corresponding Smash Hits, like Smash Hits 88 and Smash Hits yeah. 89. Yes. Yes, I reckon so, I had both of those. Yeah, you don't see them around much anymore either. Had someone at work approach me because they got into a cat's licks of acid uh, segment and they told me a band. Now, this is going to be really difficult because cat licks of acid originated in Wangaratta. She said this was from a band when she used to go to university, which is circa late 70s, early 80s, but she went to school in WA. But she also said they did also play in Melbourne and in South Australia. So... I'm going to put a name out there, and if anyone has any recollection or has heard anything about this band, you're, you'll be I'll be amazed. But let's give it a go. They were called Errol Flicker and the Fitzroy Gutter Slugs. So, if anyone has ever heard of this band or knows anything about them, uh, like I said, late seventies, early eighties, and I'm not sure what kind of music it was, but I think it might have been a bit punkish. Um, did you did you say gutter slugs? The gutter slugs. Holy shit! <laughs> From the Fitzroy region. They're right. Fitzroy gutter slugs. Very specific, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
They're not just normal slugs. Though. No. They're not just normal slugs. They're gutter slugs. Specifically gutter slugs and specifically from the Fitzroy <laughs> area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fitzroy, yeah. Wow, yeah. Hey, so it's a lot a of confidence out. for that name. Mm, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. We've got some, we've got a band to talk about. <laughs> um, so, should uh, Smarty, I think your excitement levels were at their peak when we were doing this band. So, I'm going to let you tell the world who we're doing and tell us a bit about them. Go for it. Hey, this is um, this band, there were hints um, dropped coming up to this episode. Um, Huge, huge, huge band um, have influenced probably everyone following on um, from them that played particularly rock music, but I'm sure in all realms. Um, the band is Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I feel like there needs to be big music following from that. Yeah, I'll see what um, I can do on the editing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Led Zeppelin um, were kind of, um, they evolved from the collapse of a band before them called the Yardbirds that um, had quite a few very well-known mm. players pass through. Um, Eric Clapton was one, um, Jeff Beck another. Um, Jimmy Page, um, he came through that band toward the end of their, um, their run um, the last sort of year and a half, and the Yardbirds decided to to end, and they wanted to go in different directions. Jimmy Page had sort of he was just coming up the ranks at that point. He was a um, session musician um, prior to joining the Yardbirds, so he had played on oh, so many different albums, different music, um, and was where he was getting um, all of his ideas and just sort of, yeah, waiting his time, I suppose, to to get to the point where he was going to put his own band together the way he wanted it. He was really specific about what he wanted to create. So Yardbirds disintegrated and he started searching to put together this band that were going to be his band. Um, he came across um, Robert Plant um, through the recommendation of other singers that he was sort of trying to track down to, to get them to join the band and they all weren't wanting to but they ended up recommending um, Robert Plant who was um, really young, 19 at the time and he went up to see him perform um, and just I was reading online, he went up to see him perform to a, a crowd of 12 or something and just to the crowd of 12, he was blown away by what he was seeing. So he obviously had that, I mean, yeah, he's got that talent. So he got Robert Plant on board. He knew John Paul Jones. He was also a, ses a session musician and they had worked together. And apparently John Paul Jones had got word that um, Jimmy Page was trying to put together this group and knew that Jimmy was a really good guitarist. And so he got in contact with him and said, I want in. And then um, John Bonham, the drummer, was friends with Robert Plant. So he um, he took a bit of persuading to get involved. Um, he already had a, a job playing music with someone else. Um, he was married. He had a he had uh, maybe one kiddo at that point. But um, his wife didn't want him to do it because it was, you know, they had to make sure they were earning enough and don't be so silly and don't go running off with Robert Plant again. You've done this before. And <laughs> they ended up persuading him that, you know, come on, it's going to be really good. And um, when they all got together for their first rehearsal, um, apparently 
like they all sort of got there and they're like, what are we going to play? And Jimmy Page said, oh, you know, does anyone know this song? And no one knew it, but he said, oh, follow me in and we'll, we'll go from there. And he said they played this one song together and at the end they were like, oh, my God. They were just so excited. They knew how good it was from that, just that first song down. Um, and then it progressed really quickly after that. Um, they, they originally were performing under the title of the New Yardbirds, um, but they, I think that was for contract purposes. They got through that and from 1968 they kind of kicked off um, and were literally just album after album. Um, they ended up, it, well, they ended up going through to 1980 when John Bonham, the drummer, died, um, only 32 years old um, from basically he, yeah, just alcohol um, was very much... Um, wasting himself by the, that stage. So, yeah, they only had like 10, 11 years together but um, ended up releasing eight albums in that time. Um, yeah. Can we can we um, do a small uh, shout-out to uh, Terry Reid as well? Terry Reid? Yeah. I didn't know that name until uh, I started listening to some documentaries. Yeah. So I think, he's, I think his full name is Terry, the man who turned down Lead Zeppelin, Reid. Ah yes, I heard about this guy. Imagine, yep. imagine, uh, yeah. Well, imagine knowing that. Holy <laughs> dooly! And those head slap like, moments. Um, cool. Right, guys, I've got some questions. Do you mind? No. Please. I think, what's your earliest memory of Led Zeppelin? Who would like to go? I'll, st- I'll go with you, Danny. Earliest uh, Led Zeppelin story. Well. I'll tell you, I, I can actually remember. So my number one song, which is in the, the top 10, it's not at number one, not happy about it, but I remember the actual person that showed me the song and I fell in love with it straight away. And, and the person, I don't know whether I should, uh, can I say the song name? Uh, no, not yet. Did you, no, no. Anyway, so I, I, it, it, I'm sure we will all remember Amanda Smith, an old school friend, and she actually mm-hmm. showed me, I think uh, it's the number t- number ten spot in the list. So the song there um, is probably when I first started falling in love with Led Zeppelin, and then started really kicking into their their catalogue. But I still classify that song as my um, yeah number one Led Zeppelin song by by a country mile. And I, and I like those I like those songs too, like or, or bands or, or albums or whatever, where you can actually remember like when when you started liking it. Or yeah. who introduced you to it? I love having those memories. Yeah, They're great. Because you, you got to think back pretty far. Um, Smarty, we were talking about this. We um, had identical ones, so I'm going to let you say <laughs> it because I had two. So I'll let you say that one that we shared. So I, uh, I would love to say that I, you know, grew up listening to them from you know the age of one and and went from there. But um, I was really late to the Led Zeppelin party, and my first. Um, well, well, yeah, there's two, I guess, that Jamie and I probably share. Um, the first that I probably heard it would have been um, from my parents who had those um, cassette um, greatest hits of the 70s uh, and there'd be six cassette tapes in them and it would be a plastic, <laughs> it was yeah. like a book and it would open out. <laughs> 
you know, into <laughs> be That's awesome. up. Yeah, and you know, all the tapes would like be in the molded parts, and and they would have been on that, and I'm you know, sure that out. they would have been on that. Hard to get out, but there was a real satisfying, you know, pushing it all together. It was like, you know, it was really good. <laughs> so that was oh, probably is, uh, the first. It's <laughs> extremely nostalgic, isn't it? It always is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then the one for me where I, it was sort of me going, I need to find out a bit more about this, was the 1992 classic Wayne's World movie. <laughs> And, um, you know, that scene when they're in the music shop and pick up a guitar to do the um, Stairway to Heaven solo and the sign's on the wall. <laughs> no stairway. Stairway denied. 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 <laughs> My earliest is uh, also that one, the Wayne's World one. But I, I remember something from when I was very young. There was an album put out and it was something. There was something on the ABC, ABC where a different band would sing Stairway to Heaven every week. And the show was called The Money or the Gun, hosted by Andrew Denton. Um, and I didn't know what the song was. And because we didn't have any resources back in those days, I could never find out. So for years, I'd heard of the song, but never actually heard the song. But I just knew it had a lot of popularity. Um, so that's that was my introduction to Stairway to Heaven. And, and then um, I always remember when, um, from commercials, Whenever they would play a Led Zeppelin, like on a various artist or a soundtrack, they'd play that bit of Stairway to Heaven at the end of Stairway to Heaven where he just sings that last <laughs> line. Um, so that's my earliest memory of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Page said a band cannot be a democracy. It has to have a leader and followers. Um, do you find this to be a accurate statement or do you think this is there's variables on this? Personally, I think that um, that you you got to have both. You got to have those quiet band members, and then you got to have the ones that stand at the front. Um, I think I think that's the the real the real the real ratio is is all about egos. I reckon um, if you're too top heavy with egos, I reckon the, the you'll fast um, fall over, and they'll like the band probably won't have longevity. Um, but but if you have that right ego sort of ratio intact i think it, it, like you can they can sort of last the test of time is is that just a law of nature like um you've got to have your alphas and your betas and your your runts of the litters or or whatnot but um <laughs> the runts of the litters um, the, the, um, um, that, it's a pecking order isn't it yeah yeah it would have been hard in a, in a led zeppelin because <clears throat> we've talked about how how brilliant this actually, like this whole band was. But like, there's no slouches. They all brought something to the mix. And w- when you have conversations about best of all time, like best of all time drummer, best of all time singer, best of all time guitarist, bassist, whatever you want to talk about, this band nearly sort of throws nearly every single, well, it, it throws every single band member into the mix. So imagine having those four personalities in one band. It would have been a pretty tricky, uh, tricky exercise to keep it, you know, keep it level-headed and and keep to, to make it work. It must just be chemistry. They just had a perfect sort of chemistry, I think. Like, because there's no way you could contain that sort of level of talent and, <coughs> like you said, ego um, in yep. any other band. I can't see it happening. It would just fall apart these days, I reckon. 
So I was going to say um, with Led Zeppelin, initially at the beginning, obviously Jimmy Page was the, the builder, the creator. He went about finding the best singer, the best drummer, the best um, bass guitarist who also happened to be multi-instrumentalist. Um, and then, you know, 10 years later when they're faced with John Bonham's death, um, and from all accounts, they all got together and, and unanimously decided that they weren't going to go further with it. They weren't going to try and recruit anybody to come and fill the place of him. Um, I think they realised from the initial, um, when I mentioned that their first rehearsal together and, and they played one song and, and knew that they had that chemistry and were so excited by, you know, that one song and they were like, this is incredible, like our future is going to be huge. They knew it instantaneously, you know, and then to get to the other end of it, to lose a, a member of the four, um, there was no question that they were not going to even attempt to try and find a replacement, that the, what they had was so special and that, and they knew it was a sort of, you know, they were all amazing um, musicians on their own, but together, the four of them together was, you know, that elevation that, you know, that there was no one else that could have slotted in. But then I guess that softened over time with Jason Bonham coming in to step in for them in their, you know, the, the, the gigs that they play one off now. So that was the only replacement they possibly would have had. But, you know, prior to that um, wasn't an option, unlike ACDC, who lost Bon Scott, who was amazing. Amazing. And, you know, for me, he's probably my favourite out of the two, him and... Um, uh, what's the other um, ACDC oh, singer's oh. name? Yeah. Um, but they went on and, and they just wanted to do it because they wanted to keep making music. It wasn't anything else for ACDC, but other bands are possibly different. Yeah, I suppose there's a difference, though, between Led Zeppelin and ACDC. And I reckon the main difference between uh, Led Zeppelin and ACDC would be that Led Zeppelin had those four extremely talented individuals. ACDC, I think they their blueprint is obviously uh, extremely successful, but it's not an overly techni technical one either. So they've they've yeah. had a, they've had drummers and they've had bassists come in and out, and they you really wouldn't even know their name. So yep. you'd know Malcolm Young, you'd know um, uh, Angus uh, Angus Young. Uh, bon Scott and Brian Johnson, isn't it? So you know those names if you're really into music. You wouldn't know the bass player, wouldn't know the drummer, drummer so much. So their whole band wasn't jam-packed. It had standouts, do you know what I mean? And, but their blueprint was obviously like extremely successful, so they just continued that way. But when you talk about like um, if Led Zeppelin did anything f uh, after, um, after Bonham. Uh, Bonham passed away... It's only been like a, like a, um, an anniversary or a, you know, a remembrance type gig. It's not, it's not like to make me new music or anything like that. Yeah. I'm going to talk about some other bands and you tell me if you think their circumstance could, uh, could be different. Like, uh, like you mentioned ACDC when I thought they seem to be the exception to the rule. Yeah. ACDC. Yes. Can't do it. They can't seem to manage to do it. They've tried their hardest. They've, with Terence Trent Darby in there, they put John Stevens in there, charismatic frontman. <laughs> they're, they're the band that's probably tried the hardest and and yeah. have proved have proved that you can't do it. 
John Stevens, Terence Fred Darby, not unhandsome sort of fellas with a with a good voice, but no, but, not Michael Hutchinses, are they? No. Well, it's not the right chemistry. Yeah. He didn't he didn't write their songs. He didn't um, you know, he didn't build those songs up from the from the ground. Like it just it really doesn't yeah, it's not the same feel. And um, and nostalgia plays a big part too, I think. People get used to you know, the band is who they are. And it's yep. really hard um, for diehard fans to accept newcomers in, even if they're amazing. Um, people get really like, you know, this is who that that band is. This it is who an excessor right. doesn't yep. feel right. And it might sound the same and it might be really good, yeah. but it's not the same people. And it's really important. It's a real personal note, you know, and everyone has their favourite member of the band you know everyone loved Michael Hutchins he was you know amazing but there would be people out there who would have loved Kirk as well and you know everyone's got their favorite for different reasons and taking a a member out of the band is um not an easy uh replace um Queen yeah not a chance I mean their, their songs will last forever but yeah you can't uh you can't continue the band without Freddie Mercury. I mean, Freddie, Freddie Mercury, probably the, amazing. Best, probably the best front man you could ever have. Yeah, he'd ever. be in the top five for sure. Ooh, um, I think, um, oh, he's just incredible. He just, <laughs> yeah. he can rile up a, you know, you see him at Wembley when um, they did yeah. Live Aid or, and he, yep. or, or even with their own gig, and he's so infectious. He's yeah. And he's got character and he's got, confidence yep. and he's got a touch of arrogance but he's got humor like he just ticks all the boxes and you relate yep. um i think that adam lambert who um Ooh. you know is filling in for queen um adam lambert and in excess. Uh, oh as well there you go yeah, i'm pretty sure didn't he didn't he um do oh, the that was um, jd fortune he did oh, oh who did in excess yeah and oh. um adam lambert is a brilliant singer yeah, in his own right he's singer. a really yep. talented guy um mm-hmm. and you wouldn't want to pass up the opportunity to be the lead singer for Queen, but that's right. it's just so awful because you go, oh, but he's not Freddie. Yeah, like but, he's uh, belting but, it out, but he's not Freddie. There's a difference between Adam Lambert joining Queen and doing what he's doing. So all he's doing is singing Queen songs. So he was never pretending to be in Queen and making new songs. So there was there's a difference between that and a difference between Adam Lambert joining Queen and then thinking that they could write new songs and then under that banner of Queen. It would never have worked. No. Mm. I don't reckon um, anyway. Yeah. Another, another couple worth a mention, uh, Joy Division. Um, yeah. Joy Division, they were a very cult band. And yeah, that's right. They were never going to work without Ian Curtis. But, uh, from the ashes of that band, you get probably some would argue even a greater band in New Order. I don't know if I would, but um, oh. Yeah, they were greater. Yeah, they were, they were, they were bigger. Uh, Joy Division was, yeah, I love Joy Division. Mm. Um, Nirvana, never going to happen. Let's just write it off right now. Um, and also, I think the probably the weirdest one for my liking is Leonard Skinner. Bit of a plane crash. <laughs> Guys, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, Plane crash. Um, I think 50% of the band dies. The other 50%, or well, 48%, I don't know how many in the band, but no, 
Can't play their instruments. What's he ate? <laughs> yeah, well, the one that, the one that didn't survive with his head on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let Leonard Skinner carry on. So you never, yep. you never know you, you're like in the big city. Yeah, but, but Leonard Skinner, I mean, after they carried on, what song can you name of theirs? Um... He was so nervous then. He was so nervous. Anyway, I think the point we make is uh, Led Zeppelin, so much chemistry in that band. You can, if any one of them had a gone, irreplaceable. Um, which, which they proved the point. Um, guys, can I talk to you about something I watched on YouTube with Led Zeppelin? And um, it's difficult for me to talk about because it uh, got me emotional again. <laughs> In fact, not since uh, Sandy Olsen succumbed to peer pressure at an amusement park right out high have I felt this vulnerable. But I actually watched this about eight years ago and I thought, I clicked it, watched it, I thought, that, that was really cool, cool. Next video, YouTube. Uh, but now after watching the um, documentaries and re-watching this, I, I was so emotional watching it because firstly, I know now who Jason Bonham is, is the son of John Bonham, who we learn in the documentaries, had a massive drinking problem caused by the fact that he hated it being away from his family uh, Jason, when they were touring, wife, um, he comes out and plays on the drums. Robert Plant jumps out of his seat; they all do, and start waving at him and trying to get his attention, like they're like they're the fans in the crowd, and he's the main main star of the show. And he's pointing at him with the drumsticks, doing the heart symbols with his fingers. Um, and you can see the love, and then the band Heart, as it comes out, who. Uh, <laughs> who um, <laughs> had lesser-known songs like Barracuda and Magic Man. But uh, one of yep. Danny's favourite songs of all time, All I Want to Do Is Make Love to You. Just <laughs> <laughs> as funny as the first time. the film clip? <laughs> <laughs> Where they just did everything that, that was happening in, with the words of the song. Crowded um, <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> <Brandon> House style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So they start, Heart start playing the song Stairway to Heaven. The song builds up, a choir starts singing, a symphony orchestra starts playing. Um, Jason Bonham comes into it, as you know, the song starts, starts off with no drums and the drums come into it halfway through. Robert Plant is in his seat. He's absolutely squirming because he can't contain his emotion anymore. He's trying not to look at his band members. Um, and you can see they're rubbing him on the leg and patting him on the back and all that stuff because they're... Emotion is overwhelming for him. Um, and then it just kicks off with the, the whole band as we wind on down the road. And my favourite part is still I have in the... And then it all stops. Jason Bonham points into the sky with his drumsticks and sort of looks looks up to his dad. Robert, pa- Robert Plant's still upset. 
And then she, and then the lady from Heart, I don't know her name, sings that final, and she's buying. And it's just incredible. It is one of the best things I've seen. I was, I was doing everything within my power to hold it all in. It was just really <laughs> cool. <Yeah>. Summer loving. <laughs> Stop that right now. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And it's amazing to hear that, um, you know, Robert Plant, hearing he, their own song and getting so wound up in the emotion of it. Um, well, I mean, it would hold a lot of emotion because Jason Bonham is playing the drums and it would be, you know, so many memories coming back. But, you know, to be so moved by their own song being played, that's a huge compliment to Hart yeah, and Jason. Well, I don't want to yeah. um, try and presume anything, but, like, you know, Robert Plant lost his son about three, two years before um, John Bonham Jason. died. So he oh, John, sorry, yeah. Jason Bonham as, as the child he never had. Like, I don't want to presume that, but, you know, all I can say is that he was... Uh, that's deep. He was, he was really feeling Like, Jimmy Page and John Paul yeah. Jones... They were just loving it. They were loving yeah. it. But um, Robert planned it really affected. Yeah, it was great. If you get a chance, watch it. Mm. Anything oh, else, guys, before we... Um... I, I was going to say, did I do I mention that I've seen them live or is that a touchy subject? <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention uh, that I realised... Um, you know, going back through this and knowing that our podcast was coming up, that been really fortunate to um, have been able to see two members from Led Zeppelin play live. So obviously, um, Zeppelin's um, um, recording and playing era was sixty-eight to eighty, and um, uh, the members of the It's a Vinyl podcast countdown, I think we're all seventy-eight, seventy-nine. Kidlets. So, you know, we're only a couple of years old when um, John Bonham um, um, tapped out. So we didn't get to see them all together live. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. For, for, yeah, lack of a better way to describe it. Um, Yeah, so, um, you know, we were never going to be lucky enough to see them all together. And, I mean, you see the um, footage online, but, you know, to be in the same room and, and see the magic. But... Yeah, so doing this, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, I've I've actually seen um, Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones play at the end of a Foo Fighters concert um, in 2008 in London at Wembley Stadium when I was living in London. Went and saw Fooies, and um, they came out at the very end of the gig and did um, rock and roll and ramble on." And it was amazing. We didn't know. We'd heard that there was there was a lot of hype around. There was going to be a big surprise at the end of the gig, and we had no idea what it was going to be. Um, and then for them to come out and be like, "Hang on a minute, I recognise those two people." And then they played the two songs, and at the end, um, Dave Grohl was in tears. You know, it was his dream come true, and huge amount of people at Wembley. It was a great show. Fireworks went off like it was just ultimate. And then a couple of years later, so from that night when um, they played, um, Dave Grohl and um, <laughs> Dave Grohl got uh, John Paul Jones on side. And a year or so later, um, Dave Grohl, John Paul Jones, and Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age um, got together and made Supergroup, them Crooked Vultures. 
and uh, came out to Australia and I got to see them live at the, at Festival Hall in tw- start of 2010, I think it was. And um, how, how many times? How many times did you get to see I them? Went, I went. I went twice. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. I went so, two nights so, in so, a row. So, who was in the first? Jimmy Page and who was in the first one you saw? Uh, Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones was at the Foo Fighters gig at Wembley Stadium in London, which may I also add is on DVD. Um, (laughs) Sold at all good music DVD stores. (laughs) And I am in that crowd somewhere at some point in that show. We were were actually, there was a runway, we were down the side and we got there about five hours earlier to secure our position and it was, we were in battle and people were like physically grabbing our shoulders trying to pull us out of the way and there were three of us standing like we are not letting them get into our little spot we've found and we were on the runway so it took hours to get to the front of the runway but we got there and you know uh, it was all worth it and then yeah so back to them crooked vultures danny um <laughs> I uh, I went to that two nights. First night, I think I went with Tommy Canning for one of the nights. Okay. Shout out to Tommy Canning, who's a it's a yeah. vinyl um, countdown podcast. I'm sure. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so I went with Tommy for one, and then I went with um, an old housemate for the other. And I made the, my old housemate um, wait at the back of Festival Hall after the gig to try and see any of the guys. And we waited for hours and hours and hours and, um, you know, four in the morning, finally this um, limo, someone rushes into this limo and everyone starts getting excited. It was Dave Grohl and he came past us all slow, giving us a big wave. I was like, oh, my God, that's what I've come here for. My life's complete. (laughs) Kill me now. And, yeah, so that's the closest I've ever been to Dave Grohl. I don't have a restraining order as yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Led Zepp moments. At, um, John Paul Jones, yeah, saw him twice that night in Melbourne, and then in, in London with Jimmy Page. So feel very fortunate that I've got to see the guys. That's a that's a terrible story, Smarty. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> totally unrelatable to what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks. No, amazing, um, Smarty. Since you're yes. the Led Zeppelin person of us, caveats this week, I, I wouldn't have thought many. No, I think um, for their recording years together, I don't think there was much, um, you know, veering off. They were pretty loyal to each other. Um, I, I might just mention um, there was actually a song that got released last year that was found um, somehow and it was Jimmy Page playing with um, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, basically the Stones, and they did a song called Scarlet and they released, they found it and released it last year and it's actually really cool. Um, but no, no caveat. The caveats were that it has to be Led Zeppelin only, which I don't think was too tricky. So no, no Robert Plant yeah. from the 80s. I don't think any of us had Robert Plant, um, The Sea of Love from 1985. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got... Um, some honorable mentions, not too many honorable mentions, but um, as always, they'll cause a stir, I'm sure. I'm going to read them out and then we'll talk about bad blood afterwards. We've got Babe, I'm Going to Leave You, The Misty Mountain Hop, Going to California, Dazed and Confused, Run Your Stomp, The Rain Song, you like my German there? Um, Communicate, <laughs> yeah. Good Times and Bad Times, When the Levee Breaks, Battle of Evermore 
and Achilles' last stand. Bad blood, smarty. Uh, the entire list. <laughs> Bad blood about the entire list. That's actually one, two, three, four, five, six. That's another top ten, really. Um, yeah, not happy. Shocked. Very um, upset. Dazed and confused is, and babe, I'm going to leave you uh, two standouts that I'm shocked by. Danny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Dazed and confused. Boiling. The temperature increases uh, no. when, when I do honourable mentions. Yeah, it usually does. Not not massively this time, but communication breakdown and um, Battle of Evermore and, stuff, and songs like that, yeah. But the top ten makes sense. It still makes sense to me. Yes, babe, I'm going to leave you. I had really, I yeah, I thought that should have been there, but I would have, for that to make it, I would have had to have it at number one and that wasn't going to happen, so... Um, I thought I did think Missy Mountain Hop would get in there as well, but um, you know, there's lots of songs. There's lots of songs. There's so, so many songs. So many songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so many to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> top twenty. Top twenty. Yeah. If uh, <laughs> everybody's got their bad blood out of the way, I think we can start to do a countdown. What do you reckon about that? Kick it off. Song number 10 from the Houses of the Holy, Danny. Zoe Maker, yep. So to be truthfully honest, this is probably my biggest bugbear about the whole, um, this whole Led Zeppelin top 10 because this is my number one. Uh, Simple. Uh, as that, yeah. to be honest, yeah. look wow. at the same t- at the same time. At the same time, I knew that it wasn't uh, going to get anywhere near number one. Well, that's how I felt anyway. Um, and I, you know, I- I'm actually just really happy that it slipped into the top ten. So I'm angry, but I'm not angry. All right, simple as that. But so you know, uh, this was like a so it was done in '72. I think Nick, you touched on a little bit. Uh, there that it's like a little bit at the back end of their catalogue. Um, more of a reggae-style song. I think they deliberately went down that line and they'd, they'd, um, they'd go down that line of uh, yeah, doing that sort of stuff or that, that sort of feel. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, like, annoy the hell out of you guys um, and it's going to be all about John Bonham. Like, it's as simple as that because I think he, he, he makes most of their songs and... And he, he 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 does the same with this song as well. Like the drum beat is a little bit different in this um, in this song, and yeah, I, I just reckon like it really, it's a it's a really sweet song. And and just a shout out again to Amanda Smith, well, she's actually the one that um, that showed me this song a long long time ago, and it basically gave me the lead into um, uh, into liking Led Zeppelin songs, and I was, I'm I'm a lot like Nick as well. Like I was a late starter on Led Zeppelin, but this song is my number one Led Zeppelin song. Uh, do you make <laughs> I like it. I like this song, Danny. But I I must confess, I I do get a feeling of walking along a Jamaican beach when I hear it. Mm. Like like yeah. a, like John Candy. Yes. <laughs> but that's uh-huh. that's intentional, mate. So. I kind of hear Deb, Deborah Harry going, I'm not the kind of girl who gives up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, so, it's so not a typical Led Zeppelin song. It no, really, um, 
Yeah, definitely not even a hint in my top 10. Wouldn't make my top 20, but, um, Ooh, yeah. Harsh words, Marty. Well, I think Danny's walked out of me after that. <laughs> and, uh Apologies to him. <laughs> it's crushed. so different, though. It's so different, isn't it? It is a tidy's. Is it a tidy's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop talking about it. Um, I was, I was going to leave, but I decided. Yeah, <laughs> I, I deserve that. Uh, Smarty, number nine from the album Led Zeppelin Three. Since I've been loving you. Yeah, so like Danny, this was my number one. Um, and I also knew that it wouldn't get to number one, um, but I still think it's amazing. Um, a real bluesy, slow starting, um, big finishing song. Um, and, and my favourite part, weirdly enough, is um, right at the start of it, um, it starts off that boop, real slow and you're like, Ooh, what's going to happen next? And then um, <laughs> you hear John Bonham, <laughs> you hear John Bonham, um, his pedal on his drum start to go dun, 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 dun. and then you hear a little squeak and you hear the squeaking of the pedal as he's um, boom, 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 boom. And I just love it. And uh, I've read that it divides people. Some people absolutely cannot stand it. They think it ruins the song. Can't believe it didn't get picked up, um, you know, in, in, the, in the final editing of it. And then there's people like me who just find it more endearing and um, it, it feels like you're in the room with them. It, it makes it feel more real. It makes it feel like music is actually being made and it's not just like sound and then the end like it i, I just love it i and wholeheartedly it might, agree smarty i, I love oh, it i love, love it when it. you can hear those things like fretboard slides and screeches that um you're not sure if they're meant to be there or not but they're there yeah yeah I and think it, i awesome. think just makes it more endearing it's yeah. um i hope it doesn't ruin it for people but um have a listen to since i've been loving you by Led Zeppelin and it's right at the start and then you just hear it just subtly squeaking in the back and it's just the best. I love it. And and all, aside from the fact that it's a great song, it's not like hugely um, rocky but it's um, Robert Plant sings it with such emotion and um, such feeling, you know, um, since I've been loving you, I'm about to lose my worried mind. Like he, it's just such a, you know, if you were the person he was singing to, you'd be so... Uh, You'd be pretty excited by it. You're like, oh my god, I've got that hold over Robert Plant. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Number one song for me. But yeah, I, I was a bit like Dan. I was glad it made the ten. Um, looking at like Days and Confused and um, uh, Babe, I'm going to leave. Um, I'm glad it snuck in. So yeah. Any thoughts on that one, Danny? Yeah, no. I, I... Pretty much agree with everything that uh, Nick says, and I'm I'm glad it got um into the top ten as well. Yeah, nice one. Um, number eight. From the houses of the holy as well. No quarter, Smarty. I'm going to get you to go back to back here, if you would, please. 
Uh, happily will do so for no quarter. Um, totally different song to Since I've Been Loving You. Um, it's it's more of a John Paul Jones, John Bonham song, this one. I think the, the song um, Since I've Been Loving You was maybe more of the other two guys. But, um, yeah, no quarter is um, – it starts off with that – that amazing um, keyboard that he that John uh, John Paul Jones does, and then John Bonham's um, drums kick in, and it's a bit of a um, um, uh, not eerie, but it, it has such a. I think Dan, you might have mentioned earlier, um, maybe on Edit One, that um, it has a real um, maybe a yeah, trippy, trippy yeah. kind of feel to it, Absolutely. and it lasts for the whole song, and, and it kind of cuts in and cuts out, and John Bonham's drums come in and come out. Um, mm. There's a lot of cymbal crashing. Um, yep. Oh, it's such a great song. It sounds so different. I actually can't think of another song similar to it by anyone like it. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so different. Um, yep. Easily made my top ten. I think um, – let me just have a look. I think for me it's a it was thinker. my number oh, three. Cool. It was my third pick, so yeah, okay. I rate it highly. Yeah. Yep. All right, number seven from the album Led Zeppelin Four. Uh, Danny, you're going to take us through this one. Rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, rock and roll. Um, <clears throat> such a good song. A cracking song. And I tell you, like, it's it's a song that you, you can just it, – it's just a no-brainer song, like, and it's a no-brainer for the top ten. Like, um, uh, it's a really bluesy – like, you know, so the argument where um, they talk about whether it, whether they're folk, you know, whether they're bluesy and that. this The bluesy stuff really comes out into this song, I reckon, in rock and roll. Um, the riffs, like, there's – they classify it as a three-chord song, but – um, the riffs in it are just really punchy and consistent, like from uh, Page. Like I, I just reckon the guitaring in this is just is so good. The the way this song came about was through like a a, a long jam session apparently. Um, but I think you can hear the fact that um, it's a, like it's a very jam session song. Like it's got that raw, like rawness about it, um, that sort of repetitiveness. Like in you know uh, yeah, it just it's. It's such a good punchy track. Um, something to note too is that there's a guest appearance from um, Ian Stewart, who Nick should mm. um, know all about. Yeah, on the piano in there. The Rolling Stones of the Rolling exactly. Stones. Exactly. Uh, oh, you're on it. Yes. Of the you're on this one. Stewart Football Club. Yep. But yeah, cracking song and it easily deserves. Um, to be in the top ten easily. Nice work, old mate. Number six, Led Zeppelin. Number three, the Immigrant Song. Why don't you tell us about that, Jamie? Mm. All right. Um, I think when people call Led Zeppelin the forefathers of rock, this is the sort of song that we're talking about. This riff in this song is also, I reckon, repeated. you got your, your Deep Purple, your Sabbaths and all that sort of stuff. This is where they're getting this sort of stuff from. Um, you get the feeling with these sort of songs, like if you don't know them, you've heard them. Like they're from they're through pop culture. Like you've mm. heard them somewhere, like is it whether it's be a movie, ad, 
or something. But you know, you, if someone played this for you, now you know you've you've heard it before. That do you know um, where you do you know where you hear do you know where you hear most of Led Zeppelin songs? If you're listening to Triple M and they do the talk over and they like they're talking about like something going on to the next thing, and they've usually always got Led Zeppelin or something like that in or the Who. Yeah, or the Who, something like yeah. that. They just they just do that sort of shit. Um, now I need to ask a question, and this kind of ridicules a bit Led Zeppelin a bit. Spinal Tap, are they based on Led Zeppelin? Have you watched Spinal Tap? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Okay. Right. For instance, we spoke earlier about um, Robert Plant and his um, his jeans area. how endowed it all looked there's a scene in Spinal Tap where um, Nigel Tufnell played by Harry Shearer who does all the Simpson voices um, goes through a airport security monitoring system where they do the beeps and that sort of thing (laughs) and they eventually find out that he's got a cucumber wrapped in um, alfoil packed down his pants (laughs) I'm starting to wonder if a lot of the things in Spinal Tap are based on, like, because they are based on stadium rock. For that era as well, the late 60s, early 70s, harping back onto that again, um, you know, music changed culture and um, it didn't only influence um, what people were listening to, but it was um, the way that people dressed and Mm. um, perhaps what they were partaking in as well. You know, um, recreational drugs went through the roof after, you know, all of those Bands started to kind of get a bit more, um, you know, would admit to it. But um, particularly the fashion sense for guys was growing their hair long and wearing pants that were so tight and then <laughs> choosing a side that they were <laughs> going <laughs> to present themselves to the world on. Are they a left man so, or a right, um, right man? They were, you know, are you a left or a right hand batter? And um, it wasn't just Led Zeppelin doing that. It was the Rolling Stones as well. And it was also like people like Rod Stewart and um, all of those musicians of that time completely conformed to um, the, the way that they batted. And and, the, and that was fashion. And, you know, if that had of we if we had have gone through that, I'm sure that you guys would have been wearing jeans as well and pronouncing which what kind of a batter you were to the world. <laughs> Jamie is so, right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, left he hand hasn't open, stopped. Left hand opener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Immigrant song, had it up pretty high, really enjoyed it. Um, just love that riff and that it seems to be a thing that uh, Robert Plant and Paige do so well. They have a really good guitar. We spoke about this last week with the Strokes, but just had a really good riff met with a met with a really strong vocal, and it just catches you straight away. Like it's mm. enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say um, it's you hear it in a, quite a few of their songs, but um, um, they were so attuned that um, Jimmy Page would play a riff on the guitar and Robert Plant would match it in his vocals and Jimmy obviously knew what Robert could hit in his um, vocal range and and they would bounce off each other with it. Nice. Hey, into the podcast. Hey, just did the quiz. <laughs> now, Smarty, this is a good time for you to do the quiz. Do you want to know why? Because Danny had his pants pulled down to his ankles last weekend. His confidence is very low. 
Well, so is mine. So I think we're on an even playing field because I... I I know. The cryptic uh, questions get me. Well, I know you're going to get... Someone's going to get at least one because you said one of my questions earlier in the piece, Marty. So let's... um, be interesting. Let's uh, let's let's first deal out the buzzers. Um, Danny, if you know the answer, I want yep. you to yell out plant. Right. Smarty, if you know the answer, I want you to yell out bonzo. Yeah. That's unfair. okay. With it? Are we okay that we left our page there? Should we? Yeah, I would have rather yes. been bonzo. Uh, but let's con- let's continue. You want to be page <laughs> or plant, Danny? Nah, that's all right. Go. Let's Danny, your plant. Okay. Nikki, your bonzo. Yep. Okay. Question one. How did the name Led Zeppelin come into fruition? Bonzo. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, His confidence is rocked. Mm. Oh, okay. So, yes, the the name Led Zeppelin came about from a a jam session with... um, Keith Moon of The Who, and I can't think of the other guys' names, but um, they were talking about they should all get together and make a super group, and one of them said that would go down like a Led Zeppelin, and uh, Jimmy Page liked the sound of that, and and the new Yardbirds became Led Zeppelin. Correct. <laughs> Smarty's gone one up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is a tough one. I'm going to give you this tough one now because I, I don't know if you'll know this, but I'll be very impressed if you do. Um, Huddy Ledbetter, who, who sang the original song, My Girl, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, is better known by what name? No. Nothing from Danny? No. Oh, Stab in the Dark, Louis Armstrong? No, his name was Ledbelly. Good name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Okay, so, that, so was, that was a tough one. That was the toughest one in here. So we'll move on to some easy ones. I thought that had more to it. Okay. What <laughs> movie? Not happy with the question, Smarty. She's not. No. All right. Well, geez, I'll work on it. Um, <laughs> what movie is the following quote from? Has the soil been tested? Yeah, nothing serious. What do you know about lead? Bonzo. Smarty. The castle? Correct. Oh, man. <laughs> what is going on? I don't know how I got that because I don't watch. I'm renowned for not seeing hardly any movies. I, yeah, so I, that was a lucky one. I don't even, I don't even know how this works because Jordan walked out of here with the belt last weekend like a wrestler. So mm. I'm, I'm not sure what happens. But uh, anyway, yeah. Smarty's two up with two questions left. So we can only okay. get a draw now, Danny. We're in a game. All right. This will be one you both know, so get ready. What company <laughs> owns the Zeppelin blimp in The Simpsons? Uh, uh, plant. Danny. Duff? Duff. Own, oh, well done. The blimp. Wow. <laughs> so 2-1, Smarty. One question to come. <laughs> right. Who's more excited? Oh yeah, true. Um, what three words do we associate with the Hindenburg Zeppelin crash? Oh man. Do we know what three we're talking words? 
Yeah. Vaguely. There's a no. commentary when it's plant, going on plant. and someone yells out three words. Plant. Danny. I'll, t- I'll stab in the dark. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Marty? Oh, I don't right. know. No, I, I don't know. I, I can't okay, the answer. Yes. Well, Smarty, you've won. God damn it. Just like that. The answer to that question is over the humanity. Oh, is that where that's from? Yeah. Over the humanity. There you go. Well, Smarty, uh, you you guys are locked up. One each. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah. yeah. I look forward to the next one. Poor form. Poor form. I'm I'm just glad that we can be on the same page here, Dan, because, yeah... Just excited. Yeah. You were. I thought you were both pretty ordinary, just... actually. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, um, Led Zeppelin 2. Danny's going to take us through it. What is it, Dan? Ramble on. <laughs> another, I mean, you know, I keep on saying it, but it's another cracking song. Um... Sixty nine, made it sixty nine. Do you know this was actually influenced by the Lord of the Rings? Mm, by, yes. What's his name? J A J R Tolkien. Yeah, um, yeah. So one, once you once I did a little bit of research on the um, uh, on the song, and y- you you know that that influence is there, um, it makes sense. Like it's got that sort of uh, Lord of the Rings feel about it. To be honest. Um, Really, really nice acoustics to lead into this song, um, and then the, the production for that is really, really smooth and like clear. Um, again, um, Bonham's drums, like into the like leading into that chorus, is the best. Like it changes the song. Like so, you've got this really rolling sort of acoustic track, and then Bonham just kicks in with those drums, and it's a different song. Like it's a completely different song with that chorus, like coming in, um, and. The other thing, uh, I reckon this track has two other main features. Um, John Paul Jones' bass is so smooth in this track. Like you've really got to chuck on a pair of really good headphones and listen to that rolling bass and it is great. But once again, Plant's vocals, like they're just so good. Yeah, I do like it. Um, it wasn't, um, it didn't feature in my top ten but um, again, not because it wasn't worthy. Um, should have been a top twenty. It would have made it. Uh, exactly the same. I had it in the top ten, not in the top five. But great song. Can't deny. Yeah. It. Yeah. Boo fucking who for both years. Number four. <laughs> the douche from the album Physical Graffiti. <laughs> Cashmere. <laughs> Great song. Du, 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 du. <laughs> that's what and that's what I was gonna say about the song, Danny. Not just one great, not just one amazing riff, two amazing riffs in one song. Like right. that is like that's that is special that and then that <laughs> 
love the I love the clock part. <laughs> the clicks. That's my uh, African coarser version of it. Yeah, it's, a, it's a dialect. That must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I knew you'd be big on this song, Danny, because Puff Diddy, Puff Daddy uh, covered it and did it for the Godzilla. You and your you and your posse would would uh <laughs> 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 one The Yurunga Crips. Um, <laughs> so hold on. Are we sure that it was Puff Daddy that done it? I thought Oh, what was it? Oh. Hold on. Who? Who else would have done that? Wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not overly sure. Oregon's path. Okay. Yeah. Well, I believe you. Wasn't it on like a Godzilla track? It was on the Godzilla. I'm going to check it now for you. Keep going. I was going to say I think it gets um, hypnotic almost, like the way that it sounds. Um, <clears throat> it's such a like you say, such a good double riff you you're concentrating on them and and next thing you know eight minutes gone just before we move on to to the next song too you you're actually technically wrong that puff daddy did that version on godzilla here we go but i'm going to give it to you because it was sean combs or it's written down as sean combs all right so it's not written down as puff daddy Okay. So that's is that what I, form, what the artist formerly known as Puff Daddy? <laughs> I, feel like I feel like I'm having a fight with my wife now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sleep on the couch. Yeah. Devil's in the detail. Smarty. Yes, Jamie. Number three from the album Led Zeppelin 4. Guess what? Stay away to heaven. <laughs> Probably be one that everyone would have thought might have made number one, I would think. Off the first top of your head, you'd go, oh, Stairway to Heaven, got to be number one. Yeah. Especially for people that don't. Especially for the people that don't, that aren't massive music fans. Excuse me, it was my number one. Oh. Oh, okay. I feel that you could not have had this song. I feel like whenever, whenever you do any countdown, this song, even when it's uh, Led Zeppelin or not, comes out number one, uh, any rock countdown. Like, I feel that's why I felt obligated that it had to be there at number one. And I feel that um, there could be people lighting their torch um, and uh, sharpening their pitchforks coming down to Victoria for you two for not having it in uh, number one, probably sending them down your way. I just want everyone to know that I had it in its rightful spot. Are you Here saying, are you saying, Jamie, that this is your favourite song of all time? Was this yeah. in your no. top no, one thousand songs song of all time? I think this is probably. I think this is definitely the best Led Zeppelin song, of course, because I had it in number one. But I think this is universally. This is would be if everyone put in their votes in the world. This would come out the best rock song of all time. Ooh, big call. It is. I'm, yeah, I'll I'd, I'd probably back him because on that. I'd, I'd probably back him on that. I don't know. For me, it's not a rock song. I mean, at the end, it, you know, kicks off. And when John Bonham kicks off into that drum, um, and that's what I wait for when I hear that song. The whole time I'm waiting for his kick. 
um, you know, three or four verses in and I just wait for it because it's awesome. Mm. Um, love the song, don't get me wrong, but it's not for me um, Led Zeppelin's best rock song because for me it's not a full rock song like um, others that maybe are to come and and like a um, Dazed and Confused or, a, um, you know, others that kick off. So that would be my... Um, little flag to say I'm not fully in support of that claim as much as an awesome song as it is. Controversial from Smarty. Um, oh, I know. They had much more rockier songs than Stairway to Heaven. Did this song oh, yeah. inspire this type of thing? Like uh, a lot of songs come out like after this, like, you know, Layla, how it starts off as one song and then turns into that another. Song. Next minute, Band on the Run by Paul McCartney. Um, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Like... It inspired these sort of songs, didn't it? Where, 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 where do you get those songs these days? No, do you get those songs no. these days? You don't get them. No, and no one's entitled to make them either. Like no one has earned that right no. to make a song like that. That's where yeah. they should be doing it, to be, mm. you know, to change our way of thinking again. Mm. Um, I think um, I'm a big fan of the early 70s, late 60s rock um, scene, <laughs> I guess you'd say. Um, all of those songs that still get played on the radio um, are still brilliant. Triple M. Triple M. <laughs> Did we plug them yet? Um, yeah. They're still really great songs and never get mm. sick of hearing them. Um, and, you know, I know we'd spoken before about, you know, some songs have their use-by date and you hear them too much and then they lose their shine, which is a bit of a shame because they are a good song in their own right. But to think that we're talking about songs that are 50, 60, 70 years old still um, and that we're saying that no one's doing it and has matched it is just goes to show how incredible yeah. it really was and still is. To further emphasise our point, Smarty, I showed this song to my 10-year-old son we don't agree on anything musically and we were both rocking out to Stairway to Heaven. Like, there's the first time we've uh, enjoyed a song together, I reckon, ever. Um, what did he like about it? What did uh, he, he like about he it? He didn't like the start either. He liked the, the end of it. Um, mm. and after John Bonham came in and um, the Robert Plant falsetto. Um, mm. But as just showed, I think it just shows you time and again, the classics never die like it. Things will come and go, but the classics will be there forever. We better move on. Stairway, we could talk about it all night, but we better move on. Um, okay. Number two from the album Led Zeppelin 2. You need cooling, baby, I'm not cooling. I'm going to sit here. Got a whole lot of love. That is, that could be the contender for the best rock song of all time. I, I don't know if you can get a better riff to vocal song. Yep. Like, like I struggle to think so. Anyway. Do you know, the way, what I think about um, Whole Lot of Love is that most uh, Led Zeppelin songs you you're trying to um, air guitar or you're trying to air drum or you're trying to, like, you know, um, match the, the plant um, vocals. Do you know what I, <laughs> what I get from Whole Lot of Love the most is that you want to get up and dance. Yeah. Like, it's got that groove. Like, yeah. you just want to you want to do that Elvis, pelvis, you know, like, uh, move. Like, just it's like a sexy fucking song. 
It is. It is. And it's heavy as well. Like normally you mm. think with a heavy song that all you can do is stand there and headbang or stand yeah. there and do the whole um, up and down biz. But and, um, um, I think because it's that little bit slower, it does yeah. make it more speedy and it does make it a danceable song. Yeah. But it's heavy. Well, you, you just hear it. Is there a more confident vocal lyric than those words that he's saying? How much that person, that lady, needs to be loved by him right now? She needs it. She yeah. needs that love from him. She needs it. It's consensual. It's consensual before she even knows it is. Doesn't work. Consensual needing. Yeah. Well, it's 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 consensual before she even knows it's happening. Can you imagine if I tried to pull that shit off in the bedroom? I'd be laughed out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got the wig Actually, and you've got the pants, so you can yeah, exactly. Try. Imagine me showing so my jocks with a ching, chicka, ching, chicka, ching. <laughs> I reckon it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> The kids would wake up. go, not this shit again, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. It's Wednesday fucking night. Who Jesus. are you tonight? <laughs> Robert fucking Plant, stop it, will you? <laughs> it's just so amazing with this song, like how you've got two people who just gel like that, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Um, yeah, don't, don't, don't dismiss Bonham. The other lads. I know, I know, and John Paul, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, just... Be careful, Jamie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. They're nice. Jesus. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on Whole Lot of Love? Guys, that was our number two. We're almost there. It's such a good song. Such a good song. So yeah. glad that it's um, it's in as high as it is. Um, so many other contenders, but I've got to let that go, I know. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> all. I know it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, number one. And Bang. This, has worked, this has worked out well. From Led Zeppelin 4, Smarty, big uh, advocate for Led Zeppelin. You get to take yep. us out with the number one song. What is it, Smart? Well, it comes off the album you've just mentioned, Led Zeppelin 4, which is their most critically acclaimed album. Um but, gosh, there's great songs on all of them. But number one, for all, voted by us, um, it's a vinyl countdown crew. <laughs> it was Black Dog. Woo! <laughs> what a tune. It's, it is amazing. It's such a good song. It's uh, <laughs> of the time. Um, it was... Uh, I think a song that they kind of started kicking on early um, 70s that they they decided to release it. Um, and like a lot of their songs that I have read about, um, always inspired by other songs. And um, there's, a I think, a, a bit of a, a, a saying among songwriters that um, good poets borrow and great poets steal. Um Ooh. And apparently Black Dog is one of them. So um, John Paul Jones had come up with the, the riff of this song and he was inspired by Muddy Waters, who a lot of those bands of the time were inspired by. Um, but then yep. um, uh, Robert Plant also mentioned that he was inspired by Fleetwood Mac and they had a song called Oh Well and 
they've um, taken a little bit of a um, uh, they've sort of I guess have stolen from that um, sampled being the great poets that they are sampled or you know stolen as a great poets mm-hmm. that Led Zeppelin are I mean most all musicians are they all are inspired and yeah. influenced by what they hear um, I don't think there's any harm in that at all um, so starts off with this really I love the start of it it's just like a little subtle yeah it's um it's like oh what's that like gets your attention but it's not kicking off yet just that what's that and then Robert Plant launches into his uh hey yeah and um and then John Bonham bang yeah John Bonham bang Jimmy Page oh so good I must admit every time I listen to it I air drum or not air drum I table drum so you know but it's it's got I remember when I first heard it I was I loved it when I first heard it but I couldn't get my head around it I couldn't um I couldn't work it out in my head like you know how sometimes you hear a song and you get it quick I couldn't understand it um and it took quite a few listens to realize how it worked and then just reading up about it um and they were saying that they they were trying to put it together and John Bonham was the one who made it sound that way that it sounds so he decided he would drum um four beat but the others would play at a five and that's where it gets that kind of off Mm. um beat to it that is really alluring like it's a weird um people who know it will know what I mean I think and those who don't have a listen it it's it kind of throws you the whole like the whole way, but it, it all works at the same time. Do you guys agree with that? That it's yeah, it seems off, but it makes total not. sense. Makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, then, th- and then Bonham every time at the end of at the end of it, his his drum roll like leads into that stop, and then it goes like it goes quiet. It goes again. one over, just, and then yeah. it goes again. Um, apparently, John Paul uh, John Paul Jones had said that. That was what made the song unique. And they couldn't work it out until he decided to come up with, I'm going to just keep my four beat, you guys do your five. And that was what made it sound so different. Um, Such a great song. And, look, anything, (laughs) or not anything, but there was a lot of contenders for number one, but it must have been one I think that we all did agree on. I'll just have a quick look. Um, I can tell Um, you, Marty. Yeah. None of us had this song at number one. But every single one wow. of the four boaters never had it, didn't have it lower than three. And it makes sense. You, uh, honestly, you can't not have this in the top three. Like, yeah, it, it just makes total sense. Yep. And 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 it makes it, it to be totally honest. Like, from my point of view, it makes way more sense to have this uh, in its place. Like, you know, one, two, or three. Like, but in this case, it's one. Higher than st- uh, Stairway to Heaven, mm, like it really agreed. does. Um, Danny, any thoughts on the whole top ten? Uh, no, I'm, I'm surprisingly enough, I'm actually pretty happy with it. Yeah, I think um, if we ever have like Jack Black or someone like that on uh, as a guest, uh, they might <laughs> think differently. But any moment, yeah. But uh, no, look, I, I'm happy. Like, like I said. I'm really happy that my number one got in, snuck in at 10, um, and that the rest of it pretty much makes sense to me. Yep. Happy How do you feel about it all, Smarty? 
Oh, I think um, I think our honourable mentions could have been their own top ten. Um, I think it goes to show. (laughs) I think um, Led Zeppelin have, uh, you know, they're more than just uh, top 10. They've got so many good songs. Um, And obviously it all comes down to personal taste for people. I think there could be so many different variants of what we've got um, and what that list that you've mentioned has got and then our honourable mentions. There's just so many good songs. I think for Zep, you know, the the list is endless of great songs. They don't, haven't had many bad ones. Going through their list when we did it, you know, all of the songs that aren't hugely famous that we've mentioned, there's some really great songs still on there. Mm. Love it. Hey, guys. We're out of time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you guys have been be. amazing. Uh, I'm going to do a song recap. Is that okay? Go for it. Number 10, Do You Maker. Is it Dyer Maker or Do You Maker? I'm still not... I'd say, I think Dyer. Dyer Maker. Number nine, Since I've Been Loving You. Eight, No Quarter. Seven, Rock and Roll. Six, Immigrant Song. Five, Ramble On. Four, Cashmere. Three, Stairway to Heaven. Two, With a Whole Lot of Love. Number one was The Black Dog. Right. If you know Errol Flicker and the Fitzroy Gutter Slugs, please <laughs> let us know. Social. Amanda Smith. Amanda Smith, big thank you for all your uh, Dye Maker input. Um, social. Glenn Rowan Mackers. Glenn Rowan Mackers. Mm, represent. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That's good. Oh, that's so true. Uh, Upsize, <laughs> Hang with us. Be part of the gang. We call on the gang. Uh, join the Facebook group, <laughs> Facebook page, Insta, um, podcasts, and Spotify, um, and the Apple Podcasts. That's where you find us. And we also always put up the link. So you can find the podcast there. Next podcast. Smarty. Yes. I want to see you in Docs. Doc Martin. Oh, can do. Got him. Still got Danny, him. Danny, I need you to rip your jeans. Because you know why? You know what? Yeah, what? no, I actually don't because I've forgotten a band. Good. What I'm going to do is I'm going to wear a, t- a long sleeve T-shirt and put another T-shirt over the top of it. Because uh, we're doing we're doing a nineties grunge band. I actually was uh, wearing that kit today, and I thought oh. that I was showing my age. Okay, no. <laughs> Let it go. Okay. <laughs> every, it's every week with you. Uh, I think I know where we're going. I think I know where we're going here. <laughs> and also, next podcast. It's not a threesome. We've got a forgy going on. Well, special guest BD joining us. BD. Is, is that a secret as well, is it? Maybe. Might be Bob Dylan. B to the D. Might be uh, Betty Davis. Might be uh, Bo Diddley. We'll find out. Ben Dixon. Ben Dixon from Hawthorne. Yes, wow. could be. Um, <laughs> you guys have been sensational. It's, uh, it's been an interesting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, all, they all are. Yeah. All right. We got there. We got there. We got there. Thanks, guys. You've been amazing. Um Loved it. Loved the Led Zeppelin chat. Learned so much. Thanks, guys. And uh, I guess we'll catch up for the next one.
I won't be in rehab. I, I'm I'm clean. I'm well. I'm <laughs> I'm half clean, half sober. But I'll be back to the next one. It's yeah, uh, great to chat, everyone. Time. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, the wheels could fall off at any moment. <laughs> Not only if you come out of rehab, you beat Danny in the quiz. So you you leave some bounds. Uh, settle down, Jamie. I'm back, baby. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Right, guys, ta-da. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 you be cool. <laughs> <laughs>